He was the first penis inside of me, and he sure as fuck wasn't the last, and he definitely wasn't the best. Welcome to the Queendom. Your host, Lauren Mortacini. Hello and welcome back to Thy Queendom Come, a podcast where we encourage conversations around sex, love, life, the dark parts of us, the beautiful parts of us, all of the things that we were never really taught how to talk about, but that we should talk about because they shape our human experience and they impact the way that we see ourselves and also each other. So, My name is Lauren. I am your host. I am so excited to have you here. Today, we are going to be talking about the concept of virginity, how we're taught about it, how it affects us, where it came from. I've been wanting to talk about this for a while and also tell my own personal story. And it just so happens that the timing (laughs) has worked out in such a way that last week, I spent some time in my hometown in Olive Branch, Mississippi, good old Southern America. And my dear, dear grandma, who cannot drive anymore, gave me her car, which is so sweet. So I knew that I was going to have to fly out there and drive it back to California. So I decided to invite my brother and also my dear, dear friend who also takes the amazing photos and videos that you see on my social media, Skip, I decided to see if they wanted to go out there with me and just make this thing a thing, right? And that is exactly what we did. (laughs) So I went back after, I believe... 13 years to the place, the exact spot where I quote unquote lost my virginity. I do not like that term and I'm going to tell you why here in just a moment, but first I'll just tell you the story. (laughs) So you guys know if you've been listening to my show for any amount of time, you know that I have been a very sexual person since I was young. I remember literally being in kindergarten, flirting with Mr. Michael, my teacher, and getting in trouble for kissing boys under the table. I was just always fascinated with people coming together, and I was always, like, making my Barbies get naked and shit. Like, I I don't know why. I just, that's just (laughs) how I was. And I know that, I feel like kids do this, It's a normal part of exploring and growing up. I do feel like I was much more, um, (laughs) horny is not the word. I don't want to describe my childhood self as horny, (laughs) but I was much more interested than most people my age. And so it fits that I became sexually active at an age that, do I think it's a little young? Yes, absolutely. So when I was 14 years old, it was actually September 1st, 2008. (laughs) The only reason I know this, I mean, I'm a bitch for dates anyways. I love remembering significant dates, but it was actually my brother's birthday. (laughs) And we were in Hot Springs, Arkansas, visiting some family for Labor Day. And I remember being in the car on our way back. We're leaving to go back to Olive Branch. And I was texting this guy. We're going to call him. I actually haven't thought about this. Hmm, What are we going to call him? Oh, you know what? I can't even think of anything super clever. We're going to call him White Truck. Yeah, White Truck. (laughs) So I'm texting with White Truck. And, you know, at the time boys ask you, what all have you done with a boy? What all have you done with a guy? Like, how far have you gone? And I know at the time I had probably fucked around a little bit, maybe nothing super major for sure. Um, But I told him that and he basically asked if I wanted to lose my virginity, if I wanted to have sex. And guys, honestly, like, I just wanted to fucking get it over with. Honestly. I didn't feel this 
you know, I didn't feel this like love or, oh, it needs to be so special. I really didn't feel that. I just wanted to get it over with. People at school, they're all talking about it. Everyone's, you know, gossiping. You know, you see it on TV. It's it's this forbidden fruit aspect that we hear about in church. And I honestly, I just needed to see what the fuck it was all about. So, I texted white truck, you know, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. He was a little bit older than me. He was 16. He was a junior in high school. I was a freshman. And so we get home to my house. (laughs) We home to my house. (laughs) We get home and I decide being the clever one that I am, that I am going to tell my family I'm going on a run. (laughs) Which is fucking hilarious because I was like the most inactive teenager ever. I tried every sport and I'm just, I'm just not there for it. Like the, the physical exercise. I'm, no, I would rather meditate. You know what I'm saying? So it's funny that I just all of a sudden got home from this, you know, this trip and I'm like, okay, I'm going for a run guys. And so I did, I put my little shorts on and my little sports bra and got all set up. And I went running through my neighborhood and white truck picked me up in his white truck at the neighborhood pond. And so I get in and we drive to, are you guys ready for this shit? (laughs) We drive to the elementary school that I fucking went to. Okay. It's kind of like in the neighborhood. It's, It's right there. And we drive to the elementary school and there are, it's Labor Day, so there's no kids there, don't worry. But there are the buses and the buses are parked, you know, in the parking lot. And so we just wheeled white trucks, white truck in between two buses. And guys, I shit you not, he had this one, it was the kind of white truck that had one row, right? There's two doors. And so there's a gap between the seats and the window, right? In the back, you know, that back window on trucks, there's like that little seat. There's like a gap area where you can shove shit down in. And guys, I shit you not, this fucker pulled out his mother's floral tablecloth. It might've been a blanket, but I remember it being a little plasticky. I'm pretty sure it was a tablecloth. Pulls out the floral tablecloth to lay out on the seats because obviously when you have sex for the first time, it is a bloody massacre. At least that's (laughs) what we're taught. (laughs) So pulls out the tablecloth and I kind of like scoot down in the seat and he gets on top and doesn't offer to put on a condom. I don't know what the fuck. I'm not on birth control. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm, I'm there for it. And so we begin to have sex. And guys, I remember, I remember as it was happening, my eyes just kind of like rolling up to the back of my head and being like, this is it. This is fucking it. This is what wars are fucking started over and revolutions are ended for. And this is what people pay money for. Like, I just couldn't wrap my mind around that this is like what people were obsessed about. And (laughs) fun fact, my fucking right foot kept hitting the horn, kept hitting the steering wheel horn. (laughs) Fuck, such fond memories. As I'm sitting, I mean, I've never been able to see that elementary school the same again. (laughs) So then, you know, it ends. I'm very underwhelmed. And I get home, I call my girlfriend and I tell her and I'm like, you know, this was, I just wanted it to be over with. And it just is what it was, you know? I, I mean, I felt grown. I felt like a badass, but I also was just kind of thinking, okay, I mean, I don't really need that again. You know what I'm saying? It did happen one more time with white truck, the same exact way, went for a run, got picked up the whole, the whole nine yards. And I don't remember exactly if it was the first time we had sex or the second time we had sex, but one of those times he dropped me off at the pond and I ran my ass home and he left and went to this other girl's house who I actually cheered with and was kind of friends with and had sex with her. Yeah, it's the trauma for me. But you know, it's weird 
this person that I am now, I feel as though I've kind of always been this way. I wasn't attached to him. If anything, I was like, okay, I didn't feel attached to him. I didn't feel as though I was in love with him. I felt betrayed that he took my virginity and then went and fucked someone else. That didn't feel great. The whole thing with this story was around this time, I started getting into a shit ton of trouble. And just, I mean, listen, I was making straight A's in school, but I was fucking bored, okay? And I was doing all sorts of shit. And so eventually, my mom pulled my ass out of school. And that's a story for a different time. So once my mom pulled me out of school, <laughs> um, you know, she had found out I had sex. She knew I was talking to dudes on the internet. She knew I was, you know, smoking cigarettes, doing all sorts of shit. And so because this guy was a couple years older, I mean, she put the fear of God into this child. I mean, and at this time he decided that he was also, after he had, you know, fucked me over in that way, he decided he actually really did like me. And this fucker had like my headshot on his flip phone background for a fucking year, like so long. He would show up at my house. He fucking wrote a handwritten apology to my parents. <laughs> and showed up at their places of work to apologize. And honestly, I wasn't interested in him. I never was. I wasn't going to ever want, I never wanted to be with him. But the fact that he fucked me over like that and made me look fucking stupid, I allowed him to kind of pine for me for a while, which I understand is dark and it's not the healthiest thing, but it's just how I had to do things at the time. Plus I was still living in the South and I was fucking bored. I was fucking homeschooling at this point. So I had nothing better to do than fuck with the brains of fucking 16 year old dudes who fucked me over anyways this is not the point of the story the point of the story is i went back <laughs> i went back to those buses to that exact spot last week and we took some photos and you'll see them on my instagram and it honestly just brought back a lot of memories, right? Just not, I mean, yes, being in that exact spot, but, but just in thinking about the concept of virginity and thinking about what I went through after I quote unquote lost mine. You know, my mom found out I had sex for the first time, not through me, not even through other friends my age. My mom found out I had sex through other adults, through other adults in the community who were talking poorly about me. There was actually, they, there was a group of women who were grown, who were fucking grown, like adults who had kids my age, that were calling themselves the Ho Patrol. <laughs> the Ho Patrol. And I mean, putting it on Facebook. I mean, just outrageous shit. And for what? Why? Right? Because I had sex for the first time. And it's like, don't pretend as though you gossiped and told my mom these things because you cared about me, because you wanted me to see, be safe and, and not be used. Because if that were the case, the Ho Patrol would not have existed. Comments on Facebook and messages that occurred between people wouldn't have existed. It was never that anybody cared about me. It was something to talk about and it was something to make me feel ashamed of. And you know, this story of me having sex with this person, it spread like wildfire. But the thing is, is, I mean, I got pulled out of school very shortly after. So, and I, I remain friends with a fraction, I mean, not even a fraction, like 0.1% of 1% of the people that I went to school with during that time. But this shit traveled. And it's not unique. I'm not unique for this. I'm sure everyone, a lot of people anyways, can relate to this. Being in high school and having rumors started about you or having things that were actually true that did happen be spread. These private intimate things that happen be spread like wildfire and people are talking about you and judging you and making names. But the thing is, what's fucking crazy is that everyone's fucking doing it. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's fucking in high school. Come on, get serious. Okay, so I know that everyone is not having sex, but even still, even if you're not having sex, you're still affected by this idea of virginity, right? I mean, you're still affected by it. You just might be affected by it a little later. Think fucking Brittany Murphy's character from Clueless or the 40-year-old virgin. You're 25 and you haven't had sex yet. I mean, it's not about 
whether you choose to have sex or whether you don't. The idea here is that this thing of virginity is even a fucking thing at all. Who cares? Who cares if you have sex when you're a teenager or whether you're in your 20s? The point is choosing for yourself and being able to do so without feeling like you're going to be shamed or ostracized or judged by an entire fucking community of people. These labels and the way that this shit is talked about and the way it's taught is so fucking damaging. It's so damaging to our own self-worth, the way that we see ourselves, the way that we treat each other. And now as millennials, here we are. Now we're having kids, guys. We're having fucking kids and we get to choose how we teach them about sex, how we teach them about quote unquote virginity, how we teach them to value themselves and choose to step into sexual encounters mindfully and with intention. And so that's why this is important to talk about. I am not still wounded over the things that were said to me or said about me 13 years ago, but these conversations matter. Language is important. Our words have a fucking effect and they have a power. They create narratives and they create culture. And that's why I am on a fucking vigorous mission to shift that conversation so that we don't have young girls and boys going into these situations mindlessly. It's not dirty. It's not filthy. It's not gross. It's not disgusting. It's not impure. It's beautiful. However, the way that we talk about it and the way that we teach about it makes it into this, this, this thing that has so much shame and guilt surrounding it. Also, the way that we learn about this, it perpetuates rape culture. It perpetuates sexism when women aren't taught how to value their bodies and their own sexuality in a healthy way. So with that being said, that went on a lot longer than I thought it was going to. <laughs> Let's talk about virginity for a second. The word, the definition. What virginity is not is a scientific discovery or a condition. It is a social concept. A concept, as defined by Merriam-Webster, is an idea that has been created and accepted by the people in a society. So a lot of times when you talk about this, when you talk about virginity as a social concept, as a construct that we accept, a lot of people's first reaction is the hymen. Well, what about the hymen? When the hymen breaks, you're not a virgin anymore. I do think that this is less common now, less prevalent than ever before, because there's more knowledge and information now than ever before about the fact that having a torn or broken hymen is a completely unreliable and inaccurate marker of whether or not someone is a virgin or not. Yet women for centuries and some still to this day in some cultures are subjected to have been subjected to these virginity tests that have been deemed completely unethical and actually completely scientifically like inaccurate and it's infuriating because there's never been a biological marker of a man's virginity aside from his word. And even though we're not necessarily virginity testing our brides these days, at least in our culture, it's still these same principles and ideas can be found in the way we talk and in our language and conversations, ideas, when we talk about how just boys will be boys or locker room talk, or he's just a man. What can you expect? Whereas with women, we talk about, you know, she's putting out, she's easy. She's been deflowered. In all of these situations, the responsibility to remain pure, the responsibility to control one's sexual urges falls on the backs of women. And we're made the only ones who are not only capable, but responsible for controlling ourselves. And it's not just harmful for us. It's harmful for those who identify as men as well. It doesn't help anyone grow or evolve if they're taught that not only they 
aren't held responsible, but that they shouldn't be or that they're not even capable of being responsible. We have all heard the phrase before that he was thinking with his other head. I'm sorry, what? Thinking with his other head? What about my other head? And because your other head does all the thinking for you, the responsibility to remain fucking pure is placed square between my legs? Virginity has become intricately bound and connected to a woman's worth or purity. I mean, if you look up the word fucking virginity on the internet, I'm on thesaurus.com right now. The synonyms for virginity are purity, abstinence, cleanness, innocence, integrity, restraint, virtue. I mean, just fucking think about that, that my integrity as a human being is tied to whether or not I have had a dick inside of me. Like, that is fucking mad. And the antonyms for virginity, corruptions, disgrace, dishonor, evil, wildness. I mean, are we starting to see how fucked this is? How skewed this is? And while you may think it just, why does this matter? It's just language. It's whatever. It's not. It impacts so much of our thinking and how we feel about ourselves when we believe that because my virginity was lost, that I am now corrupted. I'm a disgrace. I'm a dishonor. I'm evil. I'm no longer pure. I no longer have integrity. It's fucked. And you know, the thing is, is this shit primarily, it does. It pertains to women. When you're saying, you know, boys will be boys, but oh, she put out. It creates a narrative that depicts women as the only ones who are capable and responsible for controlling their sexual urges. Not only is this damaging, but it is so fucking dangerous. It is a double standard because women are punished and shamed and ostracized for not controlling sexual urges while men are not because we've just accepted that it's common behavior for them to lack control. This fucks us all up. It's not just a woman problem. It's a he, she, they, us. It's a fucking all of us problem because how can you grow and develop and become the person you truly want to become if you're not even taught that you have control over over your urges. And honestly, this is what perpetuates rape culture. If men are, one, not held responsible, but two, not even taught that they should be held responsible or that they should control their urges, all of this goes into rape culture or that women, things are done to us. You know, things are done to us, not with us. All of this perpetuates a society where women are not empowered sexually. I didn't lose anything that day to White Truck. He didn't take anything from me. I didn't lose something. Nothing was stolen. I decided to be there and I allowed him to enter inside of me consensually. Even though I was young, I was still, cons- I was still consenting. And that's it. He was the first penis inside of me, and he sure as fuck wasn't the last, and he definitely wasn't the best. So (laughs) what did I really lose? Was I deflowered? Did I I mean, was I cherry-picked? Like, what? Like, no, absolutely not. There's a book called The Cult of Virginity by Jessica Valenti, and she says that the way that we speak about virginity, it creates this narrative of conquest virginity is lost or taken, foregoing the agency of the person whose body it refers to. I mean, just think about that. It's so true. He took my virginity. I lost my virginity. These words, this language is important. (laughs) All right, guys, I'm going to be just really honest with you. I'm editing this now and I'm also stoned. And it is important. I am very serious about that. But I'm also just, I'm looking at some synonyms of losing one's virginity. (laughs) And 
I mean, it's... <laughs> I'm too stoned for this. <laughs> like, plucked her flower. Broken lawn chair. <laughs> she lost her maiden tag. Gave it up. Now, this is a real one, right? She gave it up. She just gives it up. Or that she gave away the cow or the fucking milk or the milk or the cow or whatever it is. Who would buy the cow if you can get the milk for free? Like, just all of these super fucking negative terms. And even the audio clip I'm going to jump back into on a much more serious tone is the word deflower and what it means. And even though some of these examples are ridiculous, like a broken lawn chair, but it just, they're examples and it shows how so much of our language talking about having sex for the first time is so negative. And it also shows that there's no deflowering of a dick. <laughs> there's no making unpure the penis. There's no, I mean, there's no ravishing the cock. There's none of that. Being deflowered in and of itself, that means to be defiled, to be harmed, ravished, ruined, spoiled. Why don't we just say, I started having sex? Just like we say, I started walking. I finished school. I started my career. The first time we start drinking, we don't talk about how we lost our pure liver. We don't talk about how we lost our cleanliness. Well, the first time we travel abroad, we don't talk about how we lost our patriotism. I mean, why is sex the only thing that when we start doing, we apparently lost something? Edit, I am being reprimanded for my use of the word cleanliness. Not reprimanded. What is it, made fun of? Uh, apparently, it's cleanliness. Yeah. I'm sorry. I say cleanliness. <laughs> I want that Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean. Cleanliness. Anyways, back get that to Mr. it. Mr. Clean. Go get that Mr. Clean. Why is it something that we lose? What do we really lose? And when we think about it this way, it makes it really clear to see why there is so much shame and guilt attached to having sex for the first time. Because you're going to be ruined. You're going to be spoiled. You're going to be unpure. And if you look in some circles, especially wink, wink, religious circles, there's jokes about, you know, if you've had butt sex or if you've been fingered or I've done everything but sex, you know, you have couples who have been together and they're not having sex because they can't do that until marriage. But I mean, they've, you know, sucked each other off or, or whatever, you know, and it's, it's like, no, I'm still a virgin. I'm still a virgin. And it's like, if you want to have sex, if you are with this person and it is consensual and you are here together and there's honesty and there's love, then why not? But they're so attached to this label of being a virgin because of the concept that we have accepted. As I was doing some background research before recording this episode, one of the first things that popped up when I typed in virgin, um, I can't remember what else I typed in, but it was in DuckDuckGo. And one of the first things that popped up was, am I still a virgin if I've been fingered? I remember in middle school, it must have been eighth grade or something, in my hometown in Olive Branch, Mississippi, they held this sexual revolution at the massive, like, hockey rink event center. They had this sexual revolution, right? And it was for middle school students or high school students, whatever. And we went, and I just remember this woman being on stage and scaring the shit out of us, right? And just telling us that we were going to get diseases. And I mean, it reminds me of that fucking Mean Girls um, scene where he's like, don't have sex. You will get pregnant and you will die. And I remember her on stage saying that, I have news for you. If you've had oral sex, you are not a virgin. And I remember going home and telling my mom, mom, did you know if you had oral sex, you're not a virgin? And I mean, she looked at me and she said, well, I mean, I hope you still are. <laughs> 
And honestly, I, I remember at the time thinking that I was walking a fine line. So I don't really remember where I was at in my journey at that time. I mean, fuck, I was in the eighth grade, but I mean, what eighth graders aren't like, you know, kissing at the skating rink and like quickly sticking their hands down each other's pants. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just the eighth graders I was fucking hanging out with, but this whole concept of alone, right? Am I still a virgin if I've been fingered or if I've had oral sex, am I still a virgin, right? It brings me to the question of what is virginity, right? Because obviously, even though I'm sitting here and telling you that this shit's fucking stupid, it's obviously been around since the beginning of time. So it is relevant. So if we're going to talk about it, then we might as well understand what it is. So at the very basic level, it's a lack of sexual interaction with another. But what the fuck does that mean? It has been defined so many different fucking ways over the centuries, from laws to religion, art, medical and philosophical text. They've all affected the way that we define and understand virginity and the way that we use it, right? The way that it has impacted us over the course of history. All of this shit, religion, art, philosophy, all of this medicine, all of this shit together creates culture. And culture changes and shifts slowly. I mean, like molasses, based on human conditions and the circumstances that exist in a certain time in history. But because these things change so slowly, people often just accept them as what has been and what will always be. And on the grand scheme of things, on the big ass scale, yeah, I mean, things were pretty similar before we were born as they are while we're living and they'll probably look similar right after we're gone. But just because it moves like molasses doesn't mean that it's not fucking moving. It is. Culture is constantly shifting and changing. And actually, I'd be willing to argue that now more than ever with social media and just the access that we have and the voices that we have access to, culture is changing faster now than it ever fucking has. And that's why these conversations are important. But Back to the point of virginity and culture, there's no code of virginity in our DNA, guys. There's no fucking fossils that teach us about the first time people fuck, right? So the best way that we can learn about virginity and what it has meant over history is through art, medical and philosophical text, old wives' tales, wedding traditions, and so on. In the early 21st century, Virginity was talked about simply as having done it or not. But this still, this still begs the question of what it even is. I mean, what is it? If the tip just goes in, have I done it? If we did it in the butt, have we done it? I mean, what is it? Where is the line? I remember when I was 16 years old, I was kind of seeing this guy in my hometown who was a couple years older than me. He was actually 21. Um, I always had a thing for older men <laughs> when I was younger. Not so much now, but when I was younger. And I remember he, like his virginity was a huge thing. I mean, he wanted to remain a virgin until marriage, this, this, and that. He was very, um, his family was very religious, but like we would be naked on his couch fully fucking naked, doing everything but. I mean, his raw dick would be touching me, would be rubbing up against me, but no, we couldn't do it. <laughs> like, does, am I the only one who thinks that this is fucking insane? I, I just can't wrap my mind around the logic of that, right? So that's, that's one thing, because the question of what it even is could be debated a million different ways to fucking Sunday, okay? But even still, even still, just the concept of virginity, that definition has changed so many times over the course of history as well. In the City of God by St. Augustine in the 4th century, he defined virginity as existing in two forms. He described virginity as having a physical as aspect based on the body 
and a spiritual one based in the soul. So his view on it was that if, for example, rape, if you with your whole heart and mind rejected this and you did not want this, then you may not be a virgin in the body, but you are a virgin in the soul. So these two may or may not coexist. And then we have this 13th century philosopher, Albertus Magnus, who discussed four different types of virginity. There's innate virginity, which is what infants have, right? Because they they are born virgins, essentially. And then you have chosen virginity, but then you have the religious virginity, which is a formal vow. And then you have the less formal that was not a vow. And then you had the fourth type of virginity, which was virgins who didn't act or look like virgins. And he says that some of them even behave like prostitutes. So in that sense, virginity is a more innate quality. The definitions go on. You could find so many throughout the course of of history. So why is it important to talk about? I am not a fucking history professor, and I'm not here to give you a history lesson. But it's important to talk about because it makes us realize that it's relative. What virginity is, just down to the basic fucking definition, it is relative to time and space and culture, environment. And the thing is, is that many cultures believe that a person is most pure and has the most value when they have sex exclusively with one person after marriage. But honestly, whether we choose to wait or whether we choose to explore in a myriad of ways, in whatever way, with however many people, as long as it's safe and consensual, it shouldn't determine a person's worth, or how they feel about themselves, how we feel about each other. New York Times journalist Han Blanc, Han Blanc, I don't know if I'm saying this right, apologies, Han Blanc, She says, we live in a culture that does not appreciate the ambiguity when it comes to either sexuality or morality, and virginity is inextricably twined with both. I think that is one of the clearest ways I've ever seen it put. We are so not okay with the gray. Everything is either wrong or right, black or white, left or right. I mean, it's all just black and white, and we're not okay with the gray because the gray is fucking messy. It's messy. And it also takes, it takes looking inward. It takes looking at oneself to decide where you want to exist on that spectrum, on that scale of the scale of possibilities. But when it comes to morality and when it comes to sexuality, we are not okay with that. We want it to be easy. We want it to be black and white. And unfortunately, virginity is fucking right smack dab in the middle of both of those things. Because like I said earlier, we have equated virginity with morality, with integrity, with cleanliness, with with value. What's fucked up in all of this is that it is happening regardless Sex is happening regardless a young amongst young people, amongst old people. It's happening fucking everywhere. There was a study recently that showed that 90% of people have sex before the age of 22 years old. And, you know, here we are feeling bad and feeling guilty and having rumors t- spread about us and having fucking adult women forming hoe patrols to talk poorly about us when it's not like everyone's not fucking doing it. And the thing is, is I know, you know, if you could, people could say, well, if everyone was jumping off the bridge, would you do it? If just because everyone's doing it doesn't make it right. No, but it makes it fucking reality. Okay. It's reality. Everyone's fucking, everyone's having sex. And the thing is, is I actually believe that if we talked about it in a healthier way, honestly, maybe there wouldn't be as messy sexual situations. It's not the sex itself that's toxic, especially when one person knows their value, knows their worth, knows what they desire, and prioritizes their pleasure, their ultimate pleasure. And if they can then step into a sexual encounter, having a very heightened awareness of 
all of those things, they're probably going to make better choices. And then if there is honesty on both ends, if there's communication, if there's respect, then why not have that experience? Why not have that very natural human experience of exploring? You know, we hear things like, don't have sex. Boys will use you, but they'll use you. They'll abuse you. You know, I just don't want you to feel taken advantage of all of this shit. You know, the thing is, is when a person knows their value, when they know their worth, when they prioritize their pleasure and what they desire in life, and when they are taught that from a young age, they don't allow themselves to be taken advantage of. It's not being taken advantage of if I want this as well. If I am in a sexual encounter where there is honesty, communication, respect, and where I fully 100% desire to be there, even if we don't get married, even if we don't even enter into a monogamous partnership, that's not being taken advantage of. That's not using each other. You are there together. You are having this experience together in that moment, and you both prioritize your own pleasure. You are honest with each other, and you are communicating, and that is what it is, and it can be beautiful. What's toxic and when we're taken advantage of is when we're not given the resources, when we're not taught how to value ourselves in a practical and real way. And no, telling us not to have sex or to cover up our bodies, all of that shit that we hear, that's not valuing ourselves. Valuing ourselves means valuing our unique, personal, human experiences enough to look at them critically to ask questions about the rules and limitations that have been placed upon us and explore whether or not they actually line up with what we truly desire. Valuing ourselves looks like taking the time to do the work and discover who we truly are and what we want. And once we discover that truly, we will settle for nothing less. We're informed and empowered and therefore we will not be taken advantage of. I can cover my entire body. I can value, quote unquote, myself that way. And I've heard this about the things that I post, about the things that I wear. Doesn't she value herself? Value yourself more. Is it really valuing myself if I feel trapped within this body that has been weaponized? Is it really valuing myself if I accept that my body is a weapon? That if my skin shows, someone can't control themselves? Is that really valuing myself? If I allow myself to feel trapped within this body that's been weaponized and used, is it really valuing myself if I never honor my desires? Or is it honoring a society, a narrative, a concept that was actually never designed to benefit me? A concept that has existed since the beginning of time, which made more sense when there weren't paternity tests or contraception methods, but it has since been used to not only control women and their bodies, but it's also been used to make fools of us all. When something is made forbidden or it's kept in the shadows the way sex has been, mostly by religion, it creates a way to exploit it. Why do you think sex sells? Why do you think I can make money on OnlyFans where I'm not having sex, but I'm simply being in my body? And yes, at times nude, because it's the forbidden fruit that we're not allowed to touch, but that is in our face fucking constantly, which when you combine that with our natural urges and the demonization of them, you're now looking at a fat fucking market that feeds on the ridiculous narratives around sex. Why do you think that 73% of the world's porn is consumed by Americans? Why? It's because it's kept in the shadows. It's a fucking massive industry that thrives on sex being this taboo thing. And then you get into, I mean, all of the issues that come from that, where when things are kept in the shadows or swept under the rug, you have sex trafficking and abuse and rape and all of this shit because It's kept in the shadows. The only way to have empowered people is to normalize this part of us that is so natural and talk about it and learn about it in healthy ways. So what can we do? What can we do to make this better? Well, first, we can fucking throw virginity away. And I know it's hard because it's always in our face. But... 
I've had to do it myself since I really started thinking about this. It's so easy to be like, oh, the guy who took my virginity. No. The guy I first had sex with. Our language matters. Words are important. And from there, I am begging you, anybody out there who has any kind of influence on anybody who's younger than them, or just anybody in general, so that's all of us, don't tell them what to do. Don't tell them what's good and bad in your eyes. Ask them questions. Give them the tools to make their own decisions wisely. Empower them to truly know themselves and to stay true to their desires and to stand up for their own truths. This is the only way to ensure that we're not taken advantage of. Because we can only be taken advantage of if we are naive. And men are not the only ones that can take advantage of us. A whole fucking society, a whole system can too. But not once we've been informed and not once we've learned who we are and make the decisions that are true to us, whatever they may be. Have sex, don't have sex, but make it your fucking decision. That's what I want for myself. It's what I want for the people around me. It's what I want for the whole wide fucking world. I just want us to all be empowered enough to know the opportunities that exist out there, to know the possibilities, and to actually choose them for ourselves. Because that's freedom. This shit that we've been buying into as freedom for however long, we've been told that we have the ability to choose because so we're free, is bullshit. Because we don't. We're not even taught the options that we have to choose from. And so we buy in to these narratives, to these stories that at best do not benefit us at all, but at worst are extremely, extremely fucking dangerous. This is a huge fucking conversation. And I really, it was a challenge to decide which way to take this because there are so many different subtopics and sub conversations that could be had uh, pertaining to, to sex, virginity, um, good girl culture, purity culture, all of that. But I thought, <laughs> I thought with me going back to the South last week and going back to the very fucking place, um, <laughs> Skip called it my origin story. <laughs> but even that, I'm like, no, it's not my origin story. I wasn't, that, that's not where I began. That's not where I began. That's where I began having sex. Sure. But I don't go back to the place I started walking and call that my origin story. <laughs> Um, so I'm editing this episode and good old Skip came by <laughs> our studio. Our studio. <laughs> There's water in the fridge. <laughs> That's not a reference you guys are going to get <laughs> understand until next episode, but I'm editing and he's like, wait, you're calling me out. I sound like an asshole. And he wanted me to include the context. So basically my grandmother, bless her soul. She, that makes it sound like she's dead. She's not. She's very much alive. She's very much alive. <laughs> She's very much alive. Thank God. Um, may God bless her continued long lifespan. But she asked, you know, where we were shooting and what we were doing. And Skip is like trying to explain it to her and that we went to the place of my origin story because we're sitting there at dinner with her and my dad, my dad's girlfriend who, you know. Right. Anyways. Yeah. So he was just trying to come up with a way to describe it, I suppose. It was your elementary school too. So that right. was the origin. It was no, that's like it. The double entendre no, that's it. That she was like, <laughs> you said, <laughs> he said, we went to the elementary school to shoot. And she was like, on the playground? <laughs> Somebody's playground. <laughs> My playground. <laughs> Anyways. Um, just had to make that clarification. Thanks, Skip, for stopping by. You're welcome. And always <laughs> keeping me honest. Happy to stop by your studio anytime. Thank you. You're always welcome in my studio. But it was, I have to say, it was very empowering to have gone back to the place where I began having sex, to this space that holds a memory that attached to it was many other memories you know there were memories of the shame of the embarrassment of the guilt the feelings 
of what it felt like that day to see on Facebook all of these people talking about the Hope Patrol and talking about me on social media to remember what that felt like and to be here now as the woman that I am who is empowered and who knows who knows what she wants and who stands up for it and will never be taken advantage of the way that I was after my experiences with white truck and after the ways that I felt in consequence I did let te- let people use me I allowed myself to be taken advantage of because this is who I was now I was dirty I was deflowered I was unpure so what did it matter and I thought that that's just how things had to be I thought that if a guy wants to have sex with you, you do it. Because what if he doesn't like you if you don't? During sexual experiences, I would not speak up if I didn't like something. I wouldn't speak up about what I wanted. Because I didn't think that I had a place to. And I can't tell you how good it feels to go back to that place as the person that I am now. And I'm grateful I'm grateful for all of the experiences and I'm grateful for the opportunity to reflect and look back and be fucking proud of myself, honestly. Proud of myself for not buying into the narrative and the shame and the guilt that so many would have liked me to. Yeah, it feels fucking good. And it's my hope for all of you too. And this is an extremely, this is an extremely important topic for me. I definitely, definitely want to hear any stories that you may have or also any ideas that you have about how we can shift as a culture, as a a community, as a society. What are your experiences and what are your thoughts on how we can be better, how we can do better? I definitely want to hear from you. You can find me on my Instagram at wonderlustinglow. Um, You can also see (laughs) the very spot where I began having sex in between these these two buses. (laughs) Just me and my dick pillaging boots (laughs) returned 13 years later. (sighs) Bless that elementary school. All right, guys, this has been so fun. I look forward to more conversations about this. Until next time, I hope that you are all fucking feeling empowered, loving yourself, loving each other, touching yourself, touching each other consensually, of course, and being on your queen and king shit because that is what you deserve and it's what the world needs. I love you guys so much. Thank you for your continued support. I will see you guys next time.